right. Good morning and welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host here, Mr. Eli Libby. What's up, Eli? Good morning. I'm Good morning. So, We're so going live morning. this morning. And we have a very special guest yes. that we are very excited to have on the Biz Bros Podcast. It's going to be an exceptional conversation. We're excited to be able to go live with this one um, throughout the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Knowing you, me and, me and you, most yep. people know that we're pretty sustainable guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our own program here at Results Imagery. We're part of 1% for the planet. Um, yep. We love the great outdoors. And today is a perfect guest this is gonna be for a, both of those. Yeah, a great conversation. Can't wait. We are very lucky and fortunate to have Mr. Wiley Robinson, the <clears throat> CEO and co-founder of Rumple. It's going to so be awesome to have a conversation. So if you're not sure who Rumpel is, uh, Rumpel does those puffy blankets. They were the first ones that come mm-hmm. out with them. They're kind of the pioneers of it. And he has an awesome story he's going to talk to us about and how he got started in the back of a van and how he really went for this sustainable um, movement with his with his business. So, uh, Wiley, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah we're stoked, man. It's, it's going to be a great combo. I, I can't wait to hear... The actual story from the horse's yes. mouth. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's going to be good, it, man. I love it. Well, yeah, Wiley. So um, you're up in Portland, right? Yep, in Portland. Portland, Oregon. Pretty hot up there? It's definitely very hot. Yeah, we, yeah so. crazy heat wave. I actually was able to escape with my uh, my wife and son this weekend, but it was like 115 or something. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where did you guys go this weekend? We went to San Francisco. My, oh, uh, nice. I'm from San Francisco. My, my parents cool. still live down there, so we just escaped down there for a couple of days. Wow. I'm originally from Santa Rosa, so pretty yeah. close to San Francisco. Oh, hey. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, well, awesome. Well, thanks again for being here, Wiley. Super excited to have you on the show and uh, really excited. I've been a fan of the brand, same with Kyle, for a long time. Um, we've purchased a couple of them, so super familiar with the product. But um, like Kyle said, hearing it from the horse's mouth, I think that's a great way to put it. And, yeah. Uh, let's jump right in. Yeah, man. I think maybe first, just for the people that are listening that don't know who mm-hmm. Rumpel is or what Rumpel is or yeah. what you guys stand for, maybe you can kind of go into that and then we'll kind of go into the story and the movement. Sure. So uh, Rumpel's, Rumpel's mission um, is to introduce the world to better blankets. And uh, we think about that in a, in a couple of pretty simple ways. The first is Blankets are like some of the oldest textiles ever created. Like, like literally some of the first yeah. textiles ever discovered are in fact blankets. And um, there's really been almost no material innovation in the category. Despite mm-hmm. all of this amazing technology and, and material science taking place in outdoor gear, athletic apparel, um, we've seen like the emergence of athleisure in the last you know 20 years as mm-hmm. a right. huge billion dollar category. And really like none of that textile technology has flown through into this everyday blanket category. So the first thing we try to do is, is to really elevate the category from a material standpoint. Okay. Uh, and the second piece is uh, really trying to layer in some brand connection and brand and emotive connection to a product category that is really like highly emotive in nature. So you wrap mm-hmm. up the blanket to feel warm and comfortable and safe. And you have this like very like emotional mm-hmm. relationship and experience with the product. Right. But despite that fact, nobody can, very few people can name a household brand name of blankets. There's no Nike of blankets, for instance, but most households bought into the category, you know, to the same tune that they might be shoes. You know, like I ask people often how many blankets you have in your household and they'll count them up and they'll say, wow, I've probably got 20 blankets in my house. Uh And and very, very few people can name a single brand of blanket. So um, the way we do that, it's a little more nuanced. The the textile piece, the first one I mentioned is kind of on the head. That's like really easy to kind of grasp. But the the second piece there about it, sort of weaving in some brand connection into the category is done through things like our sustainability commitments, our artist partnerships, mm-hmm. uh, just like bringing the brand to life in real life, digitally, and with our consumers. So 
that's something that's that's a little more nuanced and not talked about as overtly in our marketing and brand presentation. Yeah. But that's like sort of the key secret sauce, I would say, of Rumble. Wow. Wow. There's so many different ways we can go with that. I think <laughs> it relates everything that we talk about in terms from like a branding perspective. Right. I love that point. Um, question before we dive in, where did Rumpel come from? Where did that name come from? How did you come up with that? I'm, I've always been curious what that is. So the, the name is an onomatopoeia. Um, okay. In other words, it, it, uh, the product kind of behaves like the word sounds, you know, like Slurpee, for instance. Okay. Um, and so it, this is one of those things, you know, there's, there's like just a small handful of, of these instances I can think of in my lifetime where I've had an idea for something and it's just like, that's the idea. Didn't yeah. even really need to to toy around with any other names. It was just like that one kind of came to me, and yeah, it was like a light bulb. It's yeah. a rumble. Like yeah, rumble. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's so cool, man. So, um, let's talk about. Let's go back to your early days. Were you uh, raised in San Francisco? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. My parents okay. have been in the same house in San Francisco for forty wow. years. Or so, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not many yeah. people grew up in the city. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yes. That is very true. Wow. So, so you're on a trip, right? You're surfing, ski trip with your buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on a, a surfing ski trip with a friend of mine. Uh, we were both working at design agencies at the time okay. and we had, you know, maybe like 10 days off during holiday period. And so we decided to hop in the car and travel down the coast of California surfing. And then, and then we were going to head east and kind of come up through the Sierra and ski on the way back up to San Francisco. Nice. So like we did that whole first leg surfing down and kind of finished in San Diego um it was great and then we headed east and, and headed into mammoth area um yeah. and uh and we were gonna camp there uh near bishop um near some hot springs that we knew of and we woke up the next morning and it had been like the coldest night on record in bishop oh. that that previous night and it totally froze our car we couldn't couldn't turn it over it wasn't making any noise oh and God. we were in this situation where we pretty much had to just wait for somebody to show up um wow. we, uh, we were we were too far to walk anywhere we were out of cell phone reception um, and we kind of just had to like hunker down in our sleeping bags and wait for somebody to, to arrive and get us help. Um, we got really fortunate that somebody showed up at this spot to, to do some like drone photography because it was this, this recently, uh, recently snowed on area that doesn't get a lot of snow normally. Wow. And somebody came in to take some photographs and we got really lucky there, but we were waiting for a bunch, you know, several hours for somebody to show up and, um, hanging out in our sleeping bags, trying to stay warm. And during that time, we started talking about how we really liked our sleeping bags so much more than our, our duvet covers and, and blankets on our beds mm -hmm. back home. And uh, we both admitted that, you know, often we would wash our duvet cover. And then because we didn't want to deal with like shaking the comforter back into the, into the duvet, right, yep. cover, we would just pull our sleeping bags out and put them on our beds. Um, and so we, we both agreed that like this, we should make a sleeping bag blanket basically is, is what we called it. Um, and you know, we would just take the same materials used in sleeping bags and make a square blanket out of it that, that didn't have a zipper and didn't have sort of like the form factor of a sleeping bag. Super simple idea. Right. Um, and, uh, and really not a lot to it. Um, so when we finally got out of there, we got back to San Francisco, we went to a fabric store, we sewed up two of these things we both had them on our beds. And, and I should mention that like the original idea for Rumpel was like really an on bed product. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, and we both ended up taking these things and sort of like using them on our beds, but then, you know, bringing them out for hanging out in the park with friends or going to concerts or whatever we would be doing in San Francisco. And a bunch of our friends saw the products and they were like, wow, this, this is a really cool idea. I think I'd be interested in something like this. And, and it really showed us how versatile the product can actually be. 
Um, so that's when we said, all right, let's let's do a Kickstarter and see if other people want to do this. And that's really how the, the brand launched. We did a Kickstarter in uh, December of 2013 and um, ended up raising, or I shouldn't say raising, but pre-sold about a quarter million dollars worth of product through wow. that platform. And that really told us that like this is a this is a viable idea, um, and and people want products like this. When the when the Kickstarter was like really doing well, and we realized you know a couple of days in that this is going to be a, a, a successful campaign mm -hmm. and far exceed our goals, that's when we really started real like thinking about the category of blankets right. and the fact that there has been very little material innovation. There's no recognizable brands that sort of like own the category. You know, there's mm -hmm. no Nike of blankets for instance. Mm -hmm. So um, that that told us that there's like growth opportunity and product extensions and things like that that we could do within the the umbrella of blankets. Yeah. Wow. So what a story. Yeah, that's insane. It's just like you found you found a need and then you created a solution. Yeah, and something so simple that <laughs> it's I guess so didn't simple. have any recognizable. Definitely feeling like one of those moments to. when I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are the original rumples that you guys created, is that like behind like glass right now in the museum of rumple or where, where are those at? What's no, I've actually got it in my house here. It's, it's downstairs in my basement, which is just kind of a mess right now. So otherwise I go get it. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really simple. Um, it's not sewn very well. I mean, I, I sewed it myself and, uh, I still to date have not really done a whole lot more sewing. I'm a very inexperienced sewer. Um, yeah. so it's kind of this weird wonky shape. It's not even a perfect square. There's like, that's all sorts of jogging and the stitch lines and everything, but uh, it got the job done and sort of like was a proof of concept for for right. these types of materials for this use case. Wow! So did the did the Kickstarter really like shape the brand? Like, did, is that kind of where it started to evolve to kind of more of an, an outdoors brand versus that kind of on bed brand? Or how did when did the right. when did the split happen? Because it's clearly more correct correct us if we're wrong, but it is more of an outdoorsy brand, right? Mm -hmm. it veered away from the on bed brand, and did the Kickstarter really? help segregate that? Yeah, I mean, that. so originally this, the positioning of the brand and products during Kickstarter was, I'll try to sort of like paraphrase this, it was basically like, you know, we're, we're two guys that love the outdoors and outdoor gear. Mm -hmm. um, we like these materials a lot more than the sort of analog materials, if we, if we want to call them that, the, right. the non-techy materials that we see in homeware and on our beds. Uh, we think that we should apply some of these materials to on-bed products. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that was sort of like the positioning of, of why this product was created. Um, we ended up really showcasing the product a lot more in the outdoors. Like our content strategy for the first easily year of the business was entirely user generated. We, we almost did no content creation ourselves. Um, we <laughs> sent out tons of samples to photographers just on Instagram and things like that. And, um, and, you know, people oftentimes are not going to be taking pictures of their beds or like yeah. their you know, couch or something. They're going to be taking pictures of themselves mm -hmm. in beautiful places. So, so the, the use case that was really proliferated through our content was outdoor. Um, I do still think that, not I think, I know that we have a lot of customers that still use the products watching TV. Mm -hmm. um, right. um, so the, the, Sort of going back to your question, just like has the has the brand evolved to outdoor? I think that our content and and our use case yeah, is right. most widely demonstrated in the outdoors. Um, we're certainly sold at more outdoor retailer mm -hmm. uh, wholesale accounts, um, yep. but I, I I do still believe that the use case is is really kind of versatile, where people are bringing yeah. it out with them camping, but also just using it in home. Mm -hmm. on their yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a pretty fascinating point, and something that we 
constantly talk about not on the podcast, but what we're involved in on a day to day. But your guys' branding is so dialed. I really I, I believe you guys' branding is some of the best in the outdoor industry, which you guys have not only from the sustainability piece, which we'll talk about, but um, just where you guys go with that kind of direct to consumer, pulling on the heartstrings of that of that uh, individual you're trying to target. I think you guys' branding is on point, and the photography and the video production is yeah killer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cool brand. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I know it sounds silly, but like it's hard to do that. Like it's hard Especially to like create a brand blanket. that's like wanted, and like when you get it, it's almost I don't want to say status, but it's like this. Yeah, I got a rumple. Like I don't have yeah. the off brand. Like yep. I don't know. It's kind of. I don't, I don't want to say a status symbol, but you know what I'm saying. You've, you've made a really cool brand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a blanket. Like yeah, it's a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to that first thing I was talking about, just like sort of how we view elevating the category. Yeah. It's right. kind of like there's there's two key pillars of how we do that. There's there's materials, and then there's branding. Right. And yep. uh, the materials piece of it is like not proprietary in any way. I mean, right. as you mentioned, there are like tons of off-brand, you know, mm. non rumple that are pretty much the same thing from a functionality yeah. and, and, you know, experience yep. standpoint. But what I believe elevates Rumpel and, and makes it sort of the category leader is all the work we do on the brand side. Um, and that's that's what sort of give people this emotional connection to the product that they might not have with something that's, that's you know, unbranded or white labeled or whatever that they buy on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think an example for the listeners out there that aren't quite familiar with Rumpel, just think of Yeti. Mm -hmm. Yeti did it with their with their brand. You can mm -hmm. spend yeah. 150 bucks on the same thing or buy a Yeti for 400. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the it's same exact product. Same thing. It's cool because you have Yeti. You feel engaged with that brand. Right. You feel like that true rugged outdoorsman yeah. with their bear cooler. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we I mean we talk about Yeti all the time as sort of like yeah. a comp brand that we'd like to emulate. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they they took a ubiquitous category that's been around for decades, hundreds of years, and injected you know some technology but not anything too right. crazy into the category but really built a brand around yeah. it. and uh that's yeah, that's right. essentially what we're trying to do with rumble so uh, tell us a little bit more about the the timeline um from a sales perspective so launch kickstarter it gets funded you go into you go into manufacturing you you move into like a direct -to consumer model at that point right selling on online channels right pretty much yeah i mean we we did do a little bit of wholesale um you know, we had relationships with Huckberry, uh, a couple of like discount kind of drop sites like Match Drop and yeah. Gromit and uh, Touch of Modern and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, those those first couple of years were just like, who will take us? Exactly. And we service these these requests. Um, is the channel right from brand perspective? You know, like does it does it uh, does it decrease the value of the brand? Um, right. And there was very little at that time that would decrease the value of the brand. So we basically sold to anybody that was interested. Nice. Oh, wow. At what point did you get into some of these big box retailers, like REI and yeah, so like REI, REI came pretty quick. Actually, wow. we we had our first PO from REI in year two. Okay. Um, and it scaled really quickly from there. So they did like a sixteen wow. door test. I think it was sixteen or eighteen doors at the beginning. Okay. That sold through really fast. And then that same season, that same year, that same season, they actually mm. expanded to all doors. Wow. Um, that is amazing. So, yeah, yeah, we we did a lot to drive sell through too. Yeah. Um, you know, we made sure that we clinicked staff. We we did all we could to get people aware that this product was being sold at REI. Mm -hmm. We even ran some ads, um, like paid for ads, telling people to go buy at REI, which yes. is most most people will tell you that's not the best strategy yeah. if you're yep. a company that also runs your own website. But we did that's, that and to get uh, the traffic into REI to get them to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's super yep. Smart. exactly, exactly. Wow. And today, what is kind of the largest sales channel for you guys? Is it 
Website, online, Amazon. Yeah, our website is definitely our biggest. Um, that represents about a little, little over half the business. Um, and then the rest is sort of made up by, we have a small Amazon presence. presence uh, yeah. We do US wholesale and we're about, I think we're about over 800 doors now um, with various retailers. Um, and then uh, we've got a small international footprint. And then we also have a little kind of like quiet piece of the business that's sort of like corporate um, and custom SMU product. So embellished product. If you guys wanted to get a Biz Bros embellished rumble, you could do that. <laughs> that would be sweet. Yep. Think about wow. That. that is really, really cool. Oh, you just yeah. yeah. pump me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a good, it's a good gift for, for businesses. Totally. It's There's a no very good gift. Yeah. You, know, you can get the same product for your entire staff of 400. Um, and it's not, it's not like you got to get sizing and all that stuff. That is really, really cool. Hmm. Yeah. I like the idea. You're getting us thinking about <laughs> stuff. <something. laughs> so, cool. when was the big decision to really like go? you know, everything 100% post-consumer recycled material, 1% mm -hmm. for the planet. Was that like right off the bat? Was that part of the mission and vision? Or was that like, okay, like we're using a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of like um, non-recycled items. We really should start fixing our foot footprint. Yeah. In the beginning, like in 2014, 2015, um, we were really just focused on, on performance, product right. performance. Yep. And at the time we didn't have a super robust sourcing team or anything. So we didn't have access, of course, to like all the different materials that were available. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what we were seeing out there, we couldn't find a post-consumer uh, shell material that we felt was as good as the virgin nylon we were using. Hmm. Um, hair strength wasn't as good. Uh, hand feel wasn't as good. Cost wasn't as good. Um, and so we did we did virgin materials for about the first you know three four years, uh, and then in 2019. Uh, fall 2019 is when we really transitioned everything over to post-consumer recycle. So obviously that development period started in midway through 2018. Um, but uh, so that that really like happened maybe three, four years into the business being operational. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like getting off the ground, yeah, you're just yeah, trying to make a good it. product and then yeah. more capital kind of flowing in. You can... Yeah you know, distribute the funds a little bit. In fact, we, we honestly didn't even really change the product from what was sold to customers oh, on oh. Kickstarter for like four years. It was basically oh. the exact same product that we sold on Kickstarter. Um, and it was just trying to service demand and optimize costs and get systems built and sell to new people and things like that. How did the cost per unit change when you guys started doing like recycled items? Did, was it a big... Was it a big jump or was it pretty similar? Did it go down? On, on some SKUs, it was a, there was a difference. On others, there really was an immaterial difference. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, like for our for our main franchise, which is the original Puffy Blanket, it was almost no cost difference. Wow. Um, and we actually made the product a little bigger, too. So oh, we nice. were using more material with, with mm -hmm. little, little cost difference on that. Wow. I think a lot of people assume yeah. that recycled items might cost more, mm -hmm. especially like on larger, like... yeah. Yeah. I mean, they used to, when we were, when we were first looking at it in 2014, they did cost more to get the same quality. Right. And now I think the demand for post-consumer recycled materials is, is higher. And so more mills are producing this type of content. Wow. That's really cool. I know there's a brand that I, um, I really like in the, they're in the, like the jacket, snowboard jacket space called picture organic. I'm sure you've heard them. They yeah. do recycled water bottles, very similar thing, but similar mission too. I think that's a pretty relatable brand. Um, Wiley, uh, with the certified B Corporation, how, how was that process? Um, I know some of our listeners might be interested in that. Right now, I know there's like some two or three year backup yeah, for all these companies that are applying to be a B Corp. 
How was the process going through that? And and when did you um, set that up? We started that process um, kind of beginning of 2020. Um, oh. And oh, pretty new. we were approached. By, yeah. So we, we officially became B Corp certified this year in 2021. Wow. Um, and uh, we, we were approached by um, a student at Western Colorado University that was doing an MBA program in with a focus on sustainability. And uh, oh, cool. for his capstone final project, uh, he really wanted to find an outdoor company that was interested in B Corp certification and kind of project manage that process wow. for them. Um, so he, awesome. he approached Rumpel. Um, we talked through what it might look like what the workload might look like, what the costs might look like. And we worked on it together with him, but he was really sort of like the quarterback for that project. He and I met every week for you know a couple hours and, and talked through all the different things, all the different checkpoints we had to meet. I put him in touch with all of our different suppliers and mm. all the things that, that are entailed in that. Um, and it is, it is a beast of work. Um, like I do That's not awesome. undermine the amount of work that was. And if we hadn't had him making sure that I was checking in once a week on this. Mm -hmm. I really don't know if, if it would have been done. If you're a small company and looking to get B Corp certified, like do not underestimate the amount of work you need to do it. It's a huge amount of work. Wow. That's so cool. That is so cool. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean, 1% for the planet. Um, when did that come about? Is that kind of around the same time or, or what was the, what was the feeling behind that one? That's right. Sorry, I forgot to mention that aspect. Um, so we actually started a relationship with 1% for the Planet. I believe it was like 2016, maybe. Okay. Um, so, you know, two years in. Uh, but we just did it with with random, with individual SKUs. So certain products would benefit certain 1% for mm -hmm. the Planet affiliates. Um, and we really became full company-wide 1% for the Planet in 2020. Um, and that, that was a big change. You know, like we... Yeah. we would do certain prints. Um, if, you're, if you're familiar with Rumpel, you know, mm -hmm. really, really broad print assortment. And so certain prints like this one would benefit raincoast conservation or this one would represent, um, you know, some sort of water conservation, like all these different groups that work 1% of the planet, we would flow money through sales of these individual SKUs into 1% for the planet. So we made the decision in 2020 to just go all in with this um, full company breadth. And now 1% all sales across the board go to 1%. What's really cool about that is it's a it's a it's a full on partnership mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. It's not just yeah. like you're donating one percent. You're actually like producing product and then yeah. putting the ad dollars behind it, and then you're giving people like meaning and feeling rather than mm -hmm. just saying I'm supporting this company, but they actually like receive a product and they yeah. actually feel their dollars going to work. It's like yeah. an emotional yeah. then, for them. Again, that's going cool. back to that emotional connection that you're building yeah. with yep. the customer. I mean, like that's a great way to do it. Yep. Amazing. Wow, that is so cool. We were at um, outdoor retailer a couple years ago. Um, in Colorado. And I remember seeing you guys' booth and you touched on it earlier on in the show, but about your artists and some of the artists that work oh, yeah. with you guys. Tell us a little bit more about that and some of like the customization and the, the artists you select and go, th go through that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, this is a program that we've really ramped up in the last two years, I would say. Okay. Um, we identified fairly early on that the product we make is just like a perfect canvas for artists. Um, so we've been doing it here and there for the last four or so years. But we really kind of like put some thought into and strategy into the program and and relaunched it uh, now called the Rad Program, which is the Rumpel Artist Division. Um, and we try to do a handful of these prints every every season. Um, I would say that there are a couple of things that that we look for when we're collecting artists. Um, first and foremost, we need to find art uh, that we think will look good on our product. 
Um, okay. you know, we want to make sure that above all else, the product ends up looking good and people are going to want to buy it. Um, the second most important thing I would say is if it advances some sort of brand priority, uh, mm -hmm. whether that's a, a message that we're telling, um, uh, you know, increasing diverse representation in the outdoor industry, mm -hmm. uh, like things like that, that we, that we, we make sure are, yeah. um, important brand priorities that come through with these collaborations. Uh, additionally, we would look to an artist that might expand the reach or breadth of the brand. Um, right. you know, we're, we're doing some interesting work, uh, next year with like some home artists, home influencers, home artist type people, you know, as we continue wow. to expand that category. Yep. Um, and then I would say the third or sorry, the fourth thing would just be like, if there's some sort of intangible cool factor about this artist, you know, maybe they have a gigantic following or they're kind of like on the up and up with, uh, mm -hmm. with regard to like trend and fashion. Right. Um, so we look for people like that as well that uh, that could advance those priorities. Wow, that's really, really that's cool. Sweet. Is there any any design, anything you guys have done in the past that really stands out to you and kind of maybe your your pinnacle or your favorite design so far? Uh, I'm trying to think of what's already come out there because I'm, yeah. I'm obviously working on future seasons oh. right now with the product team. But uh, I think honestly, the work we've done with Aaron Draplin is some of my favorite. Okay. Um, I just really like him as a person, as a character. Cool. Uh, he's just a super, you know, loud, energetic guy, and uh, and he's just fun to work with. I also just love the art for our product. Yeah. Like that's an example of one where the first thing I mentioned there, the, the art has to look good on the product. I right. think that his style uh, is just perfect for what we do. You know, he's got sort of a big, chunky aesthetic, and we've got a, a big, puffy, you know, product that that right. really receives his art well. I would say. Wow. I gotta say you guys are national park. Yeah. Are We're taking it really cool. scrolling through Those right now. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. that's a program we've seen just continue to do really well, yeah. both on our website and also with our wholesale partners. So we're expanding that one pretty considerably in 2022. And what a cool thing like to pick up in a, I'm assuming they're sold at the parks. Yeah, it's sold at the parks. They're yeah. sold at a lot of retail accounts. You know, REI carries all of them. Um a, a bunch of retail accounts carry them actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It's better than like a t-shirt. Like it's something different. <laughs> like, something you're going to use. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So how, how has um, the last year with the pandemic affected your guys' sales? We all know the out outdoor yeah. industry really boomed. E-commerce really boomed. Headed outdoors and headed outdoors. Get away. How did that affect your guys' business? It, it really helped us, honestly. Um, you know, tough saying that, of course, because a lot of yep. people had, right. had tough situations, but um, as you mentioned, the outdoor industry did really well through COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, additionally, just comfort in general is sort of mm -hmm. a category that's on the rise. You know, people are not buying clothing anymore that's that's like as formal or as fancy. Uh, if, yeah. talk, if I talk to anybody that owns kind mm -hmm. of like a apparel or a fashion brand, if they have some sort of a leisure or a lounge or sports category, that's the category that's really been driving. Um, and so we we obviously have a conversation with those customers with our products. And then the third thing that we that we sort of saw as an unexpected lift was uh, just like more broadly home improvement. You know, people are spending a lot of time at home, and so um, doing things to enhance their living space or maybe enhance their their home adjacent outdoor space, like their patio or deck or backyard. Yeah. Um, we we have a, a good conversation with those customers as well. Wow. So so how what 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 is the um the main correlation with with home improvement in your guys' products? Who is purchasing? I'm I would I wouldn't necessarily say home improvement like nails and hardware and and building oh, materials, I, but like I you're saying. If they are if they are spending now you know ten hours a day in their in oh. their living room or their office, 
they know, want maybe to- they want to buy a new couch and a nice blanket to go on that right. couch. Things totally. like that. Another product I would like your guys is the poncho. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That thing looks comfortable. I yeah. One up. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way we think about the poncho is it's kind of like a, a material extension of the experience you have with the blanket. So if you're sitting around a fire or something, right. you've got the blanket on your lap, the poncho allows you to kind of like continue that story up to your torso. Right. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We're taking a look at, we're just kind of scrolling through the site as we talk. And there's a really cool photo here in Bend, which we see on one of the, um, Original puffy blankets. Yeah, that's sweet. We're kind of soaked on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so what's the evolution of, of yeah, Rumpel look like? There's a heading that you yeah, tell what's, us. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to do yeah. a big deal right now on the Biz yeah. Bros podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not a huge secret. I mean, I, I share this <clears throat> pretty freely, but uh, we, we really do think that some of the thinking we've applied to this, this mostly outdoor product category we've created um, we can extend a lot of that thinking into blankets that can be used strictly in the home. Right. Um, we have a really exciting wool blanket that's coming out this fall, just true natural fiber wool. Um, and wow. uh, then next year we've got some more natural fiber products that are coming out. But our goal is really to round out the whole category from what you might use at the campsite all the way to what's on your bed and apply mm-hmm. some of the same design thinking, aesthetics, things like that that we've brought into the category and really kind of round out that whole category from outdoor all the way back onto your bed. Um, so we've we've done a good job, I think, creating that outdoor uh, assortment with our with our what we call everywhere blankets. Um, that includes the original puffy, the nano puffy, the down puffy, and the yep. featherlight, sort of wow. in order of most least technical to most technical. Um, and we're starting to introduce more indoor products with our Sherpa fleece, Sherpa puffy, um, and then of course our wool this fall. So really kind of like building into the home, actually. We've started, you know, more outdoor and we're building closer to the home as we evolve. Nice. That is so cool. I can't wait to see those products. I launch. can't either. Yep. Because I imagine it'll be kind of, I mean, I don't know, but a little bit of a brand change in terms of what these look like and like the prints on them probably, mm-hmm. right? A little bit. I think yeah. that the, the products that we're doing for home are a little more conservative uh, just in terms of not quite as like vibrant colors. Uh, that's sort of what Rumble, I would say, is known for, at least in our outdoor products, is the really vibrant, loud mm-hmm. color. Um, so a little softer on the, on the in-home stuff, but definitely still carrying through that sustainability story, definitely right. carrying through that, that performance story. Um, there's a lot of performance qualities in our wool product that are that are brand new for the category that I think are going to be pretty exciting. Um, and just, you know, how we think about the product and the way that, that we're thinking about the connection that we're trying to build with the customer through that product experience. You know, beautiful packaging, yep. great graphics, really nice hand feel, performance, sustainability, all that stuff mm-hmm. that we don't see currently in the category. Wow, that is so cool. So we um, we talk a lot about culture, too, on our show. and engaging employees getting them really to feel and not to buy into the mission that sounds wrong but to really be involved and have kind of a piece of that pie you've done a great job from an outsider's perspective in getting customers into the brand you've we've pulled on the heartstrings we talked about branding how does the culture inside of rumpel feel how do kind of walk us through like like are they are they really pushing that mission or how does um how does the culture feel within the company yeah, I mean, the, the word that you said at the beginning of this question, engagement, that is something we track on a quarterly basis with our employees. Oh, cool. So uh, we, we have developed a survey that we send out every quarter that asks questions um, that really kind of looks into how engaged an employee is with their work. And we view engagement as um, something as, as somebody being really sort of like 
cognitively, emotionally connected to their work. You know, like they're really involved and care about what they do professionally. So we ask questions in the survey, like, how proud am I to work for Rumpel? I believe in what Rumpel is doing as a mission. That is so uh, I, the leaders at Rumpel have communicated a, a, a vision and, a, and clarity to me that I understand. Um, so we ask questions like that. And, and I'm really proud to say that we've, we've always been very highly engaged since we started doing this about seven quarters ago. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it's something that we really care about. You know, I think that because we're sort of a high growth venture backed startup, it's really important for the, the whole staff top to bottom to be like really committed to success. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and so I would say that, that one of the red threads that you could draw across all employees at the company, regardless of hobbies or backgrounds or whatever, is that they're really passionate about having a fulfilling and successful professional career. Um, and I think that Rumble is a place where you can get that. Um, you know, it's definitely not like a punch in, punch out type of place. Yep. Um, right. say the, the, the hours we work are not, uh, they're not crazy by any means, but it's certainly more than nine to five. Um, and, uh, and ideally we're, we're getting all the team just fully engaged with what they're doing. So the, the, I think a, a really sort of like simple way to, to assess that is, you know, you meet somebody at a, at a bar or a party or something. And it's like, tell me about yourself. And they say, well, you know, my name's Wiley. I'm married. I have a kid and I work at Rumpel. It's kind of like right. the top, you know, bubbles up the top things you service about yourself. Yeah. Communicate who you are. Way to look at that um, is, that's, that's what we look for. I love that. That's really cool. Because, I mean, if you're proud behind the brand that yeah. you work for, it's like it's part of you. And it's, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of like that emotional connection. If you can get that with your employees, mm -hmm. you've got them mm -hmm. hopefully for, you know, a long time. I think particularly too in the outdoor industry, like anybody that's an outdoor enthusiast yeah. typically is a steward for the outdoor. And if they're giving back, right. and they are, they're, they're being sustainable. You want to, you really want to work and you want to push and support that mission. So I think any outdoor, all the outdoor companies we work with, and we've engaged with in the past, very totally. good, very good cultures. I think it's one industry that I, we've, I've never seen like a bad culture. Oh, every time we meet with their team do. members, yeah. they're always like stoked to just yeah. get on a call and work together. And exactly. Yeah. A lot of engagement. Um, so we have a lot of young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and startup founders that listen to our podcast. And it's not a like curveball, but I, I just, if there's some type of message you have for them to kind of inspire them or maybe something they need to focus on, just a few yeah. lines, is there something that you usually like to share uh, with those individuals? Uh, I mean, usually if I'm, if I'm sharing any advice, I have like some context around what the business is, but I would say high level for most yeah. entrepreneurs, uh, some things that can help you be successful are, uh, really focus what you're doing. Um, do not do anything that, that, uh, is not part of sort of like an initial plan or an outlook. Um, you know, I think that, um, one of the, one of the key things with Rumple is our focus on this blanket category. Early on, it was like very tempting for us to look at other extensions and other, you know, are we going to make sleeping bags and backpacks and yeah. jackets and all this other stuff? And because we stayed super focused on just those blankets and specifically for the first three years, three or four years, it was like just the original puffy blanket, honestly. Right. Um, and, and that really allowed us to focus our messaging, focus our efforts, optimize that part of the business to the, to the best of our ability. Um, that's super helpful because there's just so many distractions early on. Uh, the, the most, the more you can limit that, the more successful I think you'll be. I would agree hundred yep. percent. It's so hard. More. It's so easy to get distracted and start trying to catch butterflies. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm the king of that at our office. Yeah, yeah. I'm constantly out net. there chasing. <laughs> what can we do next? But yeah. it reels me in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I think especially for product companies yeah. or, or goods companies, that's like Absolutely. really anything. But I think, like you said, expanding the category too wide, you just start kind of diluting the brand. So I love it. Yeah, product. And, and I mean, we, we ran into some hurdles early on with just sales channel. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's you know, focusing your sales channel, focusing your product, focusing your message, mm -hmm. where consumers can buy, you know, like that's all stuff that you can, you can hone in to a finer point. Um, and it's so easy for it to expand and get out of control. So it takes like a lot of diligence to really keep that sharp. Before we wrap things up, quick question. We're on your all gear, other gear stuff. Um, you know, like your other random stuff. You guys got like shady pouch, puffy, puffy pocket tea, got the beer, um, blankets, beer blankets. uh, the towels. Is there in the, is there any product that you guys kind of launched that was kind of different that you were like, Whoa, this is like actually taking off that you were guys surprised about? Uh, the chamois towel has done really well. Um, oh, cool. and we really, we really introduced that product originally as kind of like a seasonality bridging product. Uh, majority of our sales happen in the back half of the year. It's getting colder. We're closer to right. holiday. Um, so we needed to come out with something that was going to help drive sales in June, July, August when it's warmer. Um, so we thought a towel was a natural extension for us. Uh, and those have done really well. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, awesome, Wiley. Well, we're really appreciative of you jumping on the Biz Bros podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love learning about your story and the mission behind Rumple. Um, if someone's interested in buying a Rumple or maybe following your journey personally, where can they find you? Uh, I would say that just rumple.com is the best place. Oh. Um, and, and we've got all of our social links and everything there, but that's sort of the hub of where you can go to, to get deep on it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. We'll yeah, definitely, thank you so much. we'll definitely be packaged this up so you guys can share it and uh, appreciate your guys' time. Um, and looking forward, hopefully, to do maybe a follow up in a couple yep. years or something, or maybe in a year yeah. once you get home, uh, line kind of going and see where yeah. you're at. We'll get some biz um, road blankets. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having cool. me. Thanks for your time, thank man. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Biz Bros Podcast. Like we always say, make sure to follow us, subscribe anywhere. You can just type in Biz Bros. We'll pop up. LinkedIn, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. And uh, we'll have a next episode coming to you real soon. We'll talk to you then. See you guys.